Everyone, super excited we get to be together. I love that I get to be with you here uh, and sharing with you in this season. And by the way, uh, it seems like things uh, are beginning to move towards a, an actual normalcy. And whether that's true or not, let me tell you what I mean by that. We need children's workers. It seems like when that happens, that's like one of the best signs ever. We need people to be on our children's team, loving children, ministering to them, caring for them. So if you're local, we especially need you for our 11 a.m. service, which meets out on the patio. But we have a special children's area where we do great ministry in a very safe way. By the way, in this season, uh, children need this more than ever. By the way, so do junior high, high school, and college. Uh, everybody needs connection. But we're finding in this time with so many kids in a virtual classroom, there's a real need for them to be in a place of interaction and connection that would protect their mental health. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you, if you're local, if you're local, would you be willing to dive in? Would you be willing to care for kids? Would you be really willing to, to make a difference in their lives, by the way, in a way that's always been needed, but more needed than ever? And if that's you, I'd like you to text SERVE, SERVE, to 69922. Text SERVE to 69922. And then we will train you. We will set you up. Uh, we would love to have you be a part of that. By the way, if you're online, go ahead and do that anyway. Text SERVE to 69922 because there's ways we may be able to use you online uh, to, to be a part of serving. So we'd love to have that be a part of who you are. The other thing I want to tell you is this. We are so close to kicking off Advent. So Advent begins November the 29th, and so there's still time for you to get an Advent journal. And then every day for 25 days, we will all go through this together. Only take you about five to 10 minutes, but it's so important and it'll be so meaningful because what will happen is we'll all be focusing on the same thing together as a church family, but we're going to be focusing on Jesus in a very special way for 25 days leading up for Christmas. We decided to do this this year because we want this Christmas season to be incredibly meaningful, incredibly powerful. And we want you to be able to experience that. So you can go to crossroadschurch.family to get this. You can go to crossroadschurch.com and hit shop up in the top right to get this. Or you can go to amazon.com and search Chuck Moore and uh, you'll have this in time. But if you're single, do this with your friends. Uh, if you're um, married, do it as a couple. Uh, as a family, we have a children's version too. And this is, I think, going to be fun. Every day of Advent, we're going to have one of our teaching pastors go live on Instagram and on Facebook. I think that's right. And uh, they are going to take you on a devotion with this devotional. So, hey, plan to be a part of that too. So we really, really want to connect with you. And we want this to be a family event, a Crossroads family event, as we enter into the Christmas season. So uh, super excited for that. Let's pray. Father, I have loved being in the book of Isaiah. I have loved what's been happening with it. I pray right now, Lord, that we, we, as we close this book out, would understand that you're calling us to think differently and, and operate differently and experience you in ways that can only happen when we seek you and we forsake the empty things and, and we just commit more than ever to being yours. Uh, and I pray today that we would all understand the power of that occurring in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 
Isaiah, if you've been with us in the book of Isaiah, I, I think you had to say this over and over. That book is so relevant to the times we live in. Isaiah is truly a book for our days and a book about our times. It's a book for our days and a book about our times. The whole Bible is, but Isaiah has the special way of pointing us to God in the midst of a season like we're in. It reveals truths from the past that can make a real change for your life in the present. And we see, we see over and over again in Isaiah, a call to break a cycle of dysfunction. See, one of the principles we have in counseling is this, and I want to show it to you. It's that uh, for, a change to, uh, yeah, to, for a change to take place, you've got to change something. So here's the principle. You have to change something for something to change. Don't, don't, don't tune me out. Listen, if you want change to occur, by the way, in your life, in your family, uh, in, in a relationship you have, in your workplace. If you're supervising people and you want your organization to get better, you have to change something for something to change. So when I'm counseling with people, we talk about that a lot. What can we change so we can see change? And, and Isaiah calls for the people to do this. He calls for them in the midst of a cycle of dysfunction to enact real change, which will make a big difference in their lives. Now, if you were studying Isaiah with us, and this is our, our capstone, our summation of Isaiah, uh, what you saw is Isaiah uh, was prophesying under four different kings. But what he wanted the people to know is it didn't matter which king was leading, in the end, change would only happen if they took personal responsibility for their own lives and change something so something could change. That's something you need to think about right now. No matter who the president is, you and I need to take personal responsibility for our own lives so that we can change something so something will change. Don't lean on a government. Don't wait for a policy. Don't hope for the next uh, uh, action by those in our official status. You start taking personal responsibility for change, and then you could change something, and something could change. And that's what Isaiah was trying to tell the people of his day. He calls for them to take personal responsibility. He calls for them to seek God moving in an incredible way. And for the children of Israel, Isaiah asks a very heavy question, and here's the good news. He gives the answer. He's going to ask a question that you and I need to think about, and then he's going to give the answer. So what's the question? Well, we're in Isaiah 55. In Isaiah 55, verse 2 is this. It says, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Why? Why do you spend your money, your time, your energy on that which will never bring satisfaction in your life. And, and why would we keep doing that? Because by the way, let me tell you, I believe the vast majority of people, so that means I'm speaking to some of you right now. And, and by the way, I care about you. I really care about you. So I'm speaking out of care. I'm speaking with love. I'm speaking with a desire for you to see a, your life be better. And, and so why do you and I, why do we sometimes keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping something somehow will change and be different? Why do we, we invest money in that? Why do we invest time in that? Why do we invest energy in that, which will in the end not bring happiness, not bring satisfaction, and not bring God's blessing into your life? And so Isaiah's asking that question. Why are you wasting your life? 
And you're not getting joy. You're not getting peace. You're not getting love. He goes, why, why, why are you doing that? And, he, and, and Isaiah's going to do what I, I just talked to you about. He wants them to discover if something's going to be different, you've got to change something. And so we need to focus on that right now. That's our, our main focus. You see, Israel was in a trap of, of dysfunction. And I want you to see their cycle of dysfunction. Uh, what happens is Israel turns away from God and starts worshiping idols. And then that means they're going to fall into captivity because God's hand of blessing and protection comes off them. Then they cry out to God in the midst of the pain and the hurt and the heartache. And then God listens and delivers them. And then what happens is they, they end up turning away from God again. And then they end up falling into captivity and they end up crying out to God. And then God delivers. And you might ask this question, why does God keep getting in this? Because you know what? When you call out to God, God comes and he, he offers that opportunity. He offers that that. Uh, possibility, and, and they're not going to live in it. And Isaiah goes, why are you continuing to do this? Why are you letting that happen to you? And then he begins to talk to them and say, there's a way out. See, the question is, why would you keep living a life where you're not being satisfied? You're not finding peace. You're not finding joy. You're not finding fulfillment. And he goes, but there's an answer. And you got to break the cycle. There's an answer, and it's found in Isaiah 55, verse 6, where it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So it starts by seeking God. We're going to dig into this more in a minute. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. By the way, notice you've got you to let go of those thoughts. You've got to let go of those thoughts. And then it says let this, let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, it's so interesting. The Bible has taught this for thousands of years. Psychology has recently had a, a volumes of research come forward that say the same thing. In other words, the biblical truth has been affirmed by psychological research, and it's this. You need to change the way you think. That will then lead to changing the way you act, and then you can change the way you feel. So remember when I said you've got to change something for something to change. According to the Bible, you need to let go of those thoughts that are holding you in captivity. They keep you in a cycle of dysfunction. And then what happens is if you change the way you think, you'll change the way you act, and that will lead to changing the way you feel. Too many times people try to feel differently, but they don't go to the root cause, which is your thinking. The way you're thinking, which leads to the way you're acting. See, you may be in one of the other uh, uh, dysfunctional cycles that are out there. There are a lot of uh, uh, dysfunctional cycles. Uh, there's a dysfunctional cycle of debt. What happens is you're in debt. And so you keep doing the very thing that got you in debt in the first place. Uh, you put more money on credit. Uh, by the way, it's happening again. You can have it zero interest. But in the fine print, what's it say? Well, there's a fee. So it's not, it's not free right off the bat. And then at a certain point, 
interest kicks in, usually without your even noticing. And so you end up in this cycle of debt. And God goes, well, change how you think, and you can be free from debt. Uh, then there's another cycle, a cycle of anxiety. That's a tough one. Because what happens is you're, you're filled with fear and worry. And, and that leads to more fear and worry. And God said, I want you to break out of that by seeking me and coming to a place of faith. I, I, I want to just say, I'm not saying this flippantly or quickly. It's not easy. Because what happens is the more you're in this cycle, you create a neurological process in your brain so that you're quicker to see the neurochemicals released that lead to that feeling of anxiety. And the only way to change it is let's go to the thinking that got you there. And God wants you out of that. And just like in Isaiah, he said, don't do it. Don't keep living in that. Uh, there's another cycle, a cycle of anger that people are in. And, and you keep ruining relationships and ruining your life and, and, and being destructive in all your future hopes because of a cycle of anger. So people are in all sorts of cycles that, that God says, I want you to be free from. And God says this, the way to get out of it, Isaiah just said it, is let go of those thoughts and start seeking God and start embracing his thoughts and living by his ways. And then you'll get out. You'll get out of that cycle of disobedience, the cycle of debt, the cycle of depression, the cycle of anger, and you'll start living in a better cycle a cycle of blessing, a cycle of blessing. God has a cycle of blessing for you. Notice this. In the Bible, we see a pattern. Uh, God wants to bless you, and God starts out by blessing you. Remember, the children of Israel cried out to God, and God blessed them with freedom. And so in that moment that you're blessed by God, what do you do? Well, you don't go back into the, the dysfunction. You do something different. You bless God, and you bless others. And then God blesses you more. And then uh, what happens is you bless God and bless others. And then God blesses you more. And you create the cycle of blessing where God blesses you. And you say, God, you bless me. So I want to bless you and bless others. And then God says, well, then I want to give you more blessing. And you just start going through the cycle. And you have a choice how you want to live. And if you start thinking God's way, focusing on the thoughts God has, you begin to discover the blessings God wants to pour in your life. And I don't want you to miss this. God wants to bless you. Jesus wants you to be blessed. Let's look back at Isaiah 55 and notice the words that are there uh, with me. Uh, before he asks the question, why are you living in the dysfunction? He offers them something else, an invitation, an invitation to blessing from a God who wants to bless you. And it says in Isaiah 55, 1, ho, <laughs> by the way, anybody else think that's a funny way to start a sentence? If I walked in the house saying to Pam, ho, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but I think that's funny. Anybody else put it in the chat? Uh, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why for that which is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? And you know what God is calling these people to? Are you ready? It's symbolic, so I want you to know the symbol. It's the fourfold blessing. God's not just saying, come and get blessed. He said, I want you to have a 
double blessing, a triple blessing, a fourfold blessing. This is an invitation to an overwhelmingly abundant life, a life of blessing. And so he calls out the four signs of blessing. What are they? Water, wine, milk, and bread. Water, wine, milk, and bread. And, and over and over in the Bible, they're symbolic of an incredible life of blessing that God is calling you to. And God wants you to be aware of that. And God's inviting you to that. By the way, Jesus, when he came, he kept saying, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. Jesus would over and over again preach a sermon that we have called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and I don't want you to miss this. He preached it more than once. But whenever he preached it, he always began with a call to the blessed life. And Jesus actually does this nine times in the sermon. Nine times he begins with the call to blessing. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. By the way, they're almost always, actually, I'm going to take that back. They're always the opposite of how we think. Because God's thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. So Jesus says, I want you to, to think differently because you'll be blessed. Live differently because if you think differently, you'll live differently and you'll feel differently. And the word blessed is a Greek word, makirios, which means to jump for joy. Jesus said, I want you nine times. I want you to jump for joy. Nine times I want you to jump for joy. But you got to think differently and act differently and break the cycle of blessing. And then, so he's calling for a ninefold blessing in your life. In Isaiah 55, God is calling for a fourfold blessing in your life. And in the Bible, over 400 times, God says, come be blessed or live this life of blessing. 400 times we have a call for blessing. See, if you haven't caught it, God wants you blessed because he loves you, because he cares about you. And if you're not living the blessed life, then, then Isaiah says, why not? Why are you involved in things that won't give you joy, won't give you satisfaction, that in the end leave you hungry and empty for something better and something more? And so God calls for you and I to break out and, and live in the cycle of blessing, not in the cycle of dysfunction. So that invitation comes. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. See, if you get blessed, that's awesome. If you get doubly blessed, that's better. By the way, I think it's not just double. It's like earthquake double. If anybody knows anything about earthquakes, magnitude one to two isn't just double. It's like magnified. And God said, I want to magnify blessing in your life, multiply blessing in your life. And so he begins to call for that. See, God just doesn't want to give you a portion. He wants to give you the double portion. Isaiah 61 verse seven says this, instead of your shame, Instead of your shame, the cycle of dysfunction brings shame. Whether it's anger, depression, anxiety, it brings a sense of shame. Why am I like this? Why can't I change? Why can't I do better? Why am I failing? Why am I messing up? Why am I hurting people? Why is there nobody for me? Why do I never have enough money? Why? And, and God goes, come on, let's get out of that. And so we're going to change how you think, which will change how you act and change how you feel. And God calls out and says, instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. 
And instead of your humiliation, they will shout joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in the land. Everlasting joy will be theirs. Don't miss that. God said, I just don't want to bless you. I want to double bless you. I don't just want to give you your portion. I want to give you a double portion. And I want you to have so much joy. And remember the word blessed means to jump for joy. He said, I want you shouting uh, out. Oh my gosh, this is so incredible. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I I don't know if you haven't thought about it. Uh, The vast majority of us, we don't want to just have our portion. Uh, uh, every now and then I'll try to eat right. And whenever you, <laughs> I'm going to die every now and then <laughs> in COVID, forget it. Not even a little, but anyway, whenever uh, I try to eat right, what I do is I start having a food size portion, a serving, they call it. And have you ever seen how little a serving is like a serving of meat is, is less than the size of my hand. Uh, a a serving of carbs. Like, I love mashed potatoes. Anybody else love mashed potatoes? Put it in. It's smaller than your fist. Like, if you hold up your fist, you're supposed to eat less than that. That would be a serving or a portion. And you know what you and I usually want? A double portion. We want double. And some of you guys want triple, and some want four times. And and you know what? Anybody, when you go to In-N-Out, you want a hamburger, or do you want a double-double? Now, I, I mean, what do you, actually, some of you guys going, forget the double-double. I want a three-by-three. Three. I want a four-by-four. Four. Uh, and and you know what? And then we want fries, animal style. I, but here's my point, is we don't want just a serving. We want a, a double serving and a triple serving. And some of you go nutritionally, and that might not be the best thing. But I want to tell you, spiritually, it is. Uh, so take it out of the physical realm. And let's put it in the spiritual realm. And I want you to know that God is saying, I want you to live a life of the double portion, the double portion. And I want you to have four times the blessing, the water, the wine. I, I want you to have the milk. I want you to have the bread. You know, it's interesting how many times water is a sign of blessing and water is a sign of life. And so in Jeremiah, Jeremiah contrasts the cursed life, uh, the life of dysfunction with the blessed life. And in Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, jumping for joy, leaping, shouting over the portion you have. The double portion is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. For he will be like a tree. Now, if you're a tree, where do you want to be? Planted by the water. You don't want to be out in the desert. You don't want to be wasting away. You don't want to be in a dry, salty land. And see, in the verses ahead of this, that's what Jeremiah says. He goes, when you're not trusting in God and you're living in the cycle of dysfunction, you're like a tree in a desert that's salty and dry and windy and harsh. And he goes, but you know what? If you are trusting in God and and blessed by God, you're like planted by the water and you extend your roots by a stream and you will not fear when heat comes or a COVID crisis comes or your car breaks down or your relatives come from out of town. <laughs> okay, uh, out of town. Uh, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought. Did you look at that with me? Those words, you won't fear, you won't be anxious, you won't live with worry, anxiety will begin to dissipate. God says, you want to break the cycle, then you got to trust in me, you've got to be mine. 
God wants that for you. See, too many people are living in the dreary land instead of the land of joy. Too many people, God is saying through Isaiah to you and to me, why? Why are you putting so much time and energy and and, and money even, your money, your resources, and, and it never brings that real satisfaction, that real joy. When over here, I don't want you blessed. I want you to be double blessed and fourfold blessed. So you got to ask, which cycle are you in? The, the cycle that brings joy and blessing. And God said a double portion. See, maybe right now your job is dreary and draining. You dread going to work, and you can't wait for the workday to be over. Maybe you feel like people in your life tire you out. <laughs> Don't put it in the chat, but let's lean in together. Do you have people in your life that you think they just keep draining you and draining you and draining you? And you think when, and here's how I hear people say it, when can I finally have time for me? Most of the time I hear those words, what you're saying is not something selfish. You're saying, I feel like I'm being drained. And I give, 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 but not out of blessing. And, and I just wonder, when can I get out of that cycle? Maybe you sit at home not sure what to do because you don't have anything to look forward to. By the way, I, uh, I, I really have a, a concern for people who are that way. Uh, a lot of people don't notice that that's a sign, not of a good blessed life, but of something missing. So when I say, hey, tell me what you're looking forward to, and they can't name anything. Nothing. I, I'm telling you, that's not, that's not God's hand of blessing. That's not the life he has for you. That's not living in the cycle of blessing. And so I, I want to concern, uh, I want to tell you I have a concern because God, God wants you out of that. God doesn't want you that way. Maybe right now Thanksgiving dinner with people you don't want to be with is just weighing on you. Or maybe right now the mar your marriage you're in COVID has made it way worse because you're spending more time together and you can't stand each other. By the way, I, I'm blessed with the wife I have. I don't, I don't ever feel that way. Matter, Pam and I were talking and we said, the hardest thing for us when COVID is finally over, because I, I believe one day it will be, um, but we said is we don't get to spend as much time together. I wake up energized to be with Pam. I go to work energized to be with the people I work with. I, I, I have so many things we're looking forward to. And when we get that moment of bad news, which we're getting all the time, by the way, the church world, we get hit by governmental bad news all the time. You know, the truth of the matter is we don't fear because we know God somehow will bring us through and solve it. And Jesus invites you and I to a life that's blessed and better. In John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. He kind of said the word, Ho! <laughs> if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, all the as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That's rivers of blessing is what he means. And he said, but this he spoke of the Spirit, who those who believing in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Notice it, you don't just get a river, you get rivers. Uh, you don't just get a, a water, you get the waters of life. And he said, if you're thirsty, you can break that cycle. You can live in that blessing you can experience way more and way better.
your life will have purpose. And you're going to know that what you're doing makes a very real difference. Your relationships will be loving and life-giving. And they'll be fun. There'll be so much fun in it. And you can't wait to be with friends and wait to be with family. And when you're with them, the time flies by way too quickly. And even in the hard times, the blessing of God is so powerful that you get good out of the bad. You get stronger in the midst of the test. And in that cycle of blessing, God keeps blessing, blessing, and blessing. And so water is a symbol of blessing. And God said, I want it invigorating in your life. Uh, Jesus even used bread as blessing. Remember Isaiah said, water, bread, milk, and wine. And, and Jesus said this. He said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. See, remember the question that was asked in the beginning. Why are you... Why are you spending money for bread that doesn't bring satisfaction? Why are you investing your life in the things that don't satisfy? And Jesus said, but I'll give you bread, uh, bread that'll take away the hunger so you'll never hunger again. I'll give you water, the waters of life, the rivers of living water, so you won't thirst again. So you're not thirsting for more, hungering for more, wondering why things won't change, always spinning in the wrong direction in a cycle of dysfunction. In Isaiah, Isaiah over and over again, but particularly in Isaiah 55, he said, let's get away from that. Look at that verse again with me. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Whoa, did you see that? He goes, listen, God's saying, listen. For some of you right now, God is saying, Listen, listen to me. Listen to me and eat what is good. So not only eat, but eat what is good, what is amazing, what is blessing. Have you ever taken a bite of something and you thought, oh, whoa, and you had to have the next bite? God said, I want your life to be that way. And I want you to delight yourself in abundance, not a serving size in a double portion, triple portion, a fourfold blessing that comes. In John 6, 27, Jesus said, but be careful. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for food which endures to our eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. Jesus goes, I'll give that to you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. You know what we have seen too often, people, going down in flames, their life ending up in painful failure, miserable, wrecked, because they're in a cycle of dysfunction. I want you to do this right now. Think of, and I don't think it would take you very long to come up with some names, of famous people that outwardly at first we thought they had it all, but that cycle of dysfunction showed itself in a visible way as their lives became horrible. And we got a glimpse into all the pain they'd been living with, all the hurt they had been harboring, all of the sin, the darkness of sin and vileness that was within them. At one time, a guy named Harvey Weinstein, uh, Weinstein was thought to be uh, the leading influencer in Hollywood today. He's a broken man. And that cycle of dysfunction reared its ugly head. And when he was exposed, we all stood going, that's so sad. 
so wrong, so wasted. What a waste. And over and over again, you see that. We see parents who now are living in shame because they took money and tried to buy their ways kid their, for their children into universities that they, their children should have been able to earn their way into. We see it in actors and celebrities who've taken their own lives in different ways, horrible ways. And you know what? They were our celebrities. They were the ones we all looked to and we all cheered on and we thought they had it made. We thought their fame and their influence and their money made all the difference. And in the end, it was all a waste and they were always hunting for more and never finding it. And God said, why? Why do you live that way? And for them, God called out, don't do it. To you and I, he's thinking, learn a lesson. Listen to me. You don't have to be that way. There's a famous quote from Jim Carrey that, that is floating all over the internet. And the reason is, is it makes so much sense. Jim Carrey said this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Wow. And he said that when he was at the top of his game when he had it all. So God is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. In Isaiah 55 too, why do you spend money for that which is not bread and your wages for that doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance because you can have it. That thing that, that's deep inside says there's got to be something better and more is telling you the truth. In Jesus, you get the more, you get the better. In God, you get the fourfold blessing. And Jesus said, you have a choice to make and a path you can go down. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief has only come to steal and kill and destroy but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. So the Lord holds it up and says, you have a choice. Uh, in Isaiah 55, God calls out, listen to me, you have a choice. And right now, too many of you are, are, being, uh, are being stolen from the, your potential, your joy, your happiness is being stolen from you. Uh, too many of you are, are finding something killing you inside. You're dying inside and your dreams are being destroyed. And Jesus goes, but none of that has to be that way. Let's break the cycle of dysfunction and put you into the cycle of blessing. And so then, then in Isaiah, that invitation comes, the practical steps to take are revealed. Isaiah 55, verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Notice what he said to do. I'm going to break it down for you. Number one, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. The Bible says you need to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Uh, in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah calls out, you need to seek the Lord with all your heart. Jesus said you need to come to him and he will bless you. He will, he will intercede for you. But you've got to seek after God. You have to seek after Jesus. And, and then the second thing he said is forsake the way of emptiness and that which is worthless. 
anything wicked, anything bad, anything sinful, all these things that are repetitively uh, you're doing that bring about all the things that, that you don't want to be true in your life, break the cycle of dysfunction by forsaking the way of emptiness, and that is worthless, and then live in God's ways and by His thoughts. Now, I want to go on and I want to talk about the cycle of blessing, but let's stop right now and talk to you about the change you can make in this moment. Some of you right now, before we get to the cycle of blessing, you need to seek the Lord. You need to forsake the things in your life that are empty and worthless. And you need, you need to live God's way. And so right now you might say, but how do I do that? Well, those three things can be true for you, and that abundant life can be yours. The blessing can come, and the double portion and the fourfold blessing of God can all be yours if you seek after Him. And the Bible tells you the way to do that is to pray, to call on the name of the Lord, to be saved. And so, again, we're going to get to more in a minute. But before we do, I, can't, I just have to stop right now because some of you, you've never called on God. You've never really sought for Him and asked for Him to come and change your thoughts and change the way you act, and change the way you feel, and break the cycle of dysfunction. Your marriage could be better. Your attitude could be better. Your hopes could be stronger. Your dreams could be higher and realized. Blessing could come where you shout over what's happening in your life with joy. But you've got to say yes to God. And it begins by praying a prayer. And right now, before we get to the cycle of blessing, I want to have you pray the prayer with me. So it starts by praying a prayer. So right now, if you need to pray this prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to pray it. If you need to pray it to recommit your life, I'm going to ask you to pray it. If you need to pray it to break a cycle of dysfunction that you're in and you want to be free, pray this prayer. For your marriage, for your hopes, for your dreams. Pray this prayer. Right now, say these words. Whisper them. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me back. And I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. I want to be in the cycle of blessing. I want to live my life with you. I want your love. And I want to seek you and listen to you. And this I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, praise God, praise God. But I want you to do this. Text amen to us. Text amen to us right now. And, and, and take a break and do it uh, because we want to get back with you. We want to connect with you. Uh, we want you to know even more what God has for you. We want to give you a, a free electronic copy of a book that could change your life. So we want all that for you. But text it in. Text it in. But I want you to go back to this. God wants you to be in a cycle of blessing. And 
And I want to talk about the cycle of blessing right now for all of us. So if you prayed the prayer, this is for you. If you know the Lord, this is for you. You and I want to live that, that life that's the abundant life. But for that to happen, you need to be in the cycle of blessing where God blesses you. Then you bless God and others, which means you get more blessed. And then God blesses you more. And, and you just keep being in that. See, in Acts 20, verse 35, Jesus said this, it is more blessed. It is not blessed. It is more blessed to give than receive. Now, all the believers out there, all the followers of Christ, I want you to think about that. Because through Isaiah, he's saying, come and get a fourfold blessing. And now, here's what he's saying here. Jesus is saying, that blessing is found in giving and not receiving. In serving and being selfless and not selfish. In love and not hate. But I want you, Jesus said, to have a generous heart. And, and the person with the generous heart is the one who lives in the cycle of blessing. Isaiah brings that out in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 5, where it says this, No longer will the fool be called noble, or the rogue, and that word rogue is very interesting, be spoken of as generous. The word rogue is a Hebrew word that means stingy. It means the person who closes their fists, the person who hangs on to what they have, who hoards, who hoards, and, and doesn't look for a way to make sure other people are blessed. Or the rogue be spoken of as generous, for fools speak nonsense, and his heart is inclined towards wickedness, to practice ungodliness, to speak error against the Lord, to keep the hungry person unsatisfied, and to withhold drink from the thirsty. And then it says, as a rogue, the stingy person, as for our rogue, the stingy person, his weapons are evil. He devises wicked schemes to destroy the afflicted with slander, even though the needy one speaks what is right. In other words, here's what a rogue does. The stingy person does. <clears throat> when they see somebody in need, they judge them. They speak demeaningly of them. They mock them. And you know what? The Lord says, don't be that kind of person. Don't be that kind of person. It says, but the noble, the generous man, devises noble and generous plans. And by noble, generous plans, he stands. Uh, the New Living puts it this way. A gen but a generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. So what I want to say to you right now is this. I want you to enter into a cycle of blessing. But to be in the cycle of blessing, what you have to do is you have to have generous plans. Uh, a generous person has generous plans. A rogue, a stingy person doesn't. They actually, they'll right now, those of you, you want to know which one you are? The ones who are ignoring me? The ones who clicked off? <laughs> and you can't hear me if you clicked off. But, but they're the ones. But those of you who haven't, I want you in a cycle of generosity. I want you to have generous plans. And during this season, we want to do that in a very practical way. So what am I talking about? Starting next week, we are going to begin one of the seasons I love here at Crossroads. If you're brand new to us, we do this. <clears throat> twice a year. We call it boldly bless, boldly bless. So starting next week, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you based on how God's blessing you to give to God and then add $1 more to that. 
Uh, so whatever God's doing to bless you, you choose to give to God. And then you add $1 more per person in your household. And every single week during the boldly blessed season, I want to have you do whatever you would normally give to God, add a dollar. So right now, make the commitment to do that. By the way, if you want to do that today, do that today. If you say, I can't wait till next week, do it now. Even if you only text a dollar to giving at 69922, you can do that. But, but you give $1 more per person per week. And then we're able to calculate that. We've gotten good at that. And then we're going to take the money that all of us give. And we're going to go change someone's life in this season. By the way, the need right now is greater. So the impact can be magnified. And I'm going to ask you to be a part of that. If you've never done it before, do it. By the way, we need you to actually do it. Not to think, oh, good, the church is doing it. No, I want you in a cycle of blessing. And so however God's blessed you, you bless God back by giving to him. And you add $1 to it so that we as a church family can make an impact here and in other places around the world where we can bless other people where we can bless other people. And by the way, if you know somebody who needs to be blessed, uh, you can nominate them at crossroadschurch.family. Go to crossroadschurch.family and you can nominate somebody to be blessed. But we want to do this together. By the way, I love it when we do this. And then every week, by the way, here's what we do if you're brand new. Every week at that next week, we will tell you the story of what we did. Because whatever you do that week, we'll go out and do that. We'll go out and bless somebody. So it's a boldly blessed season, changing people's lives. And I want you to be in on that. See, it creates a cycle of blessing. It creates a cycle of blessing. So what happens is God blesses me. God blesses Pam and I. Then we turn around and bless God. And we bless others, and it's more blessed to give than receive. So we get more blessed, and then we turn around and bless God and bless others. Then we get more blessed, and God says, this is what I want for you. 400 times in the Bible, he said, this is what I want for you. And I want it for you too. So you guys, this is going to be it. This is going to be an amazing time. We're going to bless people in amazing ways. And I want you to know that when you get blessed by God, you're blessed to be a, put it in the chat. Give you a second. You're blessed to be a what? You're blessed to be a what? You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. And I live by that. I believe in that. I wear a shirt that says that. Blessed to be a blessing. And I believe every time I get blessed, I turn around and say, then how can I bless someone else? How can I bless God? How can I bless others? Because I am not blessed to be blessed. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And then I get more blessed. So I want that for you. And may you, may you today, Commit to breaking the cycle of dysfunction by living in a cycle of blessing, a cycle of generosity, a cycle of giving, not taking, a cycle of love and not hate, a cycle of health and not dysfunction. And may you, may you be blessed this week by God. And when you get blessed by God, may you be blessed to be a blessing. God bless you.